A woman's period. Men fear it and women resent it, but could it actually be a key to better sex? Today we talk with Sherry Winston, holistic sexuality teacher and founder of the Intimate Arts Center, to get a whole new perspective on that monthly horror show we all suffer through. You're listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. (laughs) Alrighty. Alright, so you may not think that this topic actually has anything to do with sexuality, but let me tell you that it does. (laughs) It does. So T and I have had crazy journeys through our menstrual cycle. Uh, yeah. Over the past since whatever, how many ever many years since we've had it. And uh, and we discovered, which is why we're doing the show, we discovered how much it really did affect our relationship with ourselves and how and like our vulnerability and depth in the bedroom and our openness and, and the way we relate to men. Totally. So and also, T, you ex- have experience with guys, you know, being supportive in different areas or yeah. in different ways and how that helps. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I've always been really confused by it. And and I when I first got my period, I actually had a lot of like resentment around it and disgust, to be honest. Like I felt like a boy who all of a sudden is bleeding and you're like, oh, my God, what is this? And I would just like, yeah, I mean, my goal was to not even acknowledge it. And when it was there, I would like practically close my eyes. I was just like, I can't. I mean, I once I, I gagged. I was like, so what? really? Yes, I was just. Yeah. And so basically I came from this place of really like denying that feminine natural process. Uh Um, And and then over the years, I actually ended up getting like uh, I I started having really bad cramps. I mean, partially, I think it had to do with diet. I think it also there was like emotional stress that I wasn't acknowledging and it was manifesting in that pain. Mm -hmm. And then um, at least that's how I understand it now. And then it's sort of I got more control over it. And then I've kind of more recently had experiences where I've, I met really lovely men who were attentive to it. I mean, one guy was like, oh, it's great to have sex on your period. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do that more because I'm able to massage you, uh-huh. basically. No, and it, and it did work. And then I recently I, I met a guy I, I mentioned it in our show. I was at Burning Man. <laughs> I got my period of all places to have this. And uh, and this guy, he said, well, let me give you a pelvic massage or, you know, and uh, not the same as Diego's massages. Right, right, right. Different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just over, you know, on top of my stomach, Massaging kind of in that uterus. pubic area, yeah. but like not... <laughs> Yeah, just above. Not sexual, just a nice Right, massage. that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he could really feel the fibers and really, you yeah. know, he was like, oh, right here in this corner, you kind of, you know, there's clumping and it, it kind of caused it what? to flow more easily. It was wild. Wow. Interesting. It was eye-opening, wild. Anyway. I know, I know for me, I, um, when I got my first period, I felt like I sh- I felt like I like we need to have a party. Like I felt like it was such oh, that's a, so nice. I felt like it was such like a a special experience, and then it went so unnoticed. I mean, I told my mom. I you know I grew up in a family of all it was Boys. like three brothers and me <laughs> and mom and dad. And um, but like I felt like I felt like it was a rite of passage that needed to be that wasn't acknowledged. And you know, yeah. And I think certain cultures do kind of right. They're like, that's yeah, what I period, and it's a huge celebration a kid, of fertility. I know. If I ever have a kid and it's a daughter, I, I, I'm totally throwing a period party or doing something yeah I feel like it's worth it anyway so but I, I never had my, my periods were super super easy up until um my my early 20s and I never like you hear all these stories about women being emotional and men like freaking like oh my god she's on her period and I had no idea what they were talking about because I I like, so I, like getting my away periods, so easily I was yeah I had no cramps there was no emotional anything it just like came and it went and it was regular and I, I had it for like a day and it was gone and that was it you know yeah and, 
And so Me too. I thought I was, people were crazy. I'm like, oh my God, these people are like, they're just wimps. You I know? was really <laughs> judgmental of my sister. She really? had her period and I'd be like, what is wrong with her? Well then, well then shit changed. <laughs> I'm not sure why. <laughs> I think to me, I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm, and maybe Cher can illuminate this for us as, you know, the timing of a woman's life. But, but stuff did change. And I, I became very emotional and very up and down and like really... I was very scared of the places that I would go to on my period emotionally, emotionally. like because I'm, I'm very sensitive emotionally. And so I would it would take me on this felt like this roller coaster, like down into, you know, the melancholy, <laughs> even depression or and like bitching. Like so like no, no patience for anything. And I was really concerned. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm becoming one of those women. And I was really and was judging really it. Get, I, I was. But I was I was mostly a little afraid because it was getting in the way of my relationship, you know, and it's like, you know, he's like, you can't every month we can't go through this. And I so I sat down with myself and I just sort of I I I sort of learned how to go along with the roller coaster ride. And I found that the more over the years, the more I embraced it and, and worked with it and didn't resist it and like didn't judge myself. I don't know. I, I just sort of taught myself how to go through this process where it has now changed and now like I'm I welcome it every month I'm like yes okay it's gonna take me to somewhere really special and I always have like nuggets of gold of discovery at the end of every period where yeah. like emotional cleansing or a deeper insight into myself and so now it's a beautiful thing that I really this is love. the first year of my life that I've ever remotely enjoyed the process and I'm still learning Sure. But that brings us to Sherry, our guest, <laughs> uh, who um, T or A, sorry, if you want to tell us a little bit about so Sherry. Sherry's an extraordinary woman. <laughs> extraordinary. Who uh, she's founded the Intimate Arts Center and she's ha- she's an author. She's got several books. Uh, she has background in medicine, medical professional. She's a sex counselor, coach, sex teacher, and she's had 20 years as a doula and midwife. So I feel like Sherry's got like an arm in every aspect of a woman's experience yeah and so she's here to talk with us to help illuminate some of the unknown territory of menstruation so sherry welcome thank you so much for having me on it's really a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to the two of you about this topic which is which is really dear to my heart uh, the topic of 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 bleeding and um the challenges that we have in our culture around that so Thanks for giving me the chance to do this. Of course. Yeah, of course. thank you. I For me, it was a big desire to talk with someone like you because I've been so ignorant about it, basically. I mean, I, I, can you tell us a little bit about the process and almost more like the the simple science side of it, like the cycle, how it works, your experience with it? Well, well let me start by saying that... Um, uh, there's so many things that the two of you mentioned that I kind of want to get back. To. <laughs> of course. So <laughs> there's there's so many pieces of this. Um, and rather than kind of talk about it from a technical kind of like, and then there the estrogen takes over, you know, right. rather than talking about it that way, the way I think it's very helpful to think about the menstrual cycle is to understand that before the advent of artificial light, women were all tuned to the moon cycle. So the light of the moon, while we were, when we were sleeping, when we were out and about at night, when we were sleeping, is what regulated the menstrual cycle. In fact, the words menstrual, month, and moon are all related. 
because of that. So the the fact is that in, in primal cultures, women, we would all be on the same cycle. We would all bleed at the same time. We would all ovulate at the same time. And this was all in rhythm with the moon. And so if we think about the lunar cycle, it can help us understand the, the energy and the the emotional, psycho, spiritual, physical changes that are going on. So if you think about your cycle, like the moon cycle, ovulation happens at the full moon. When the moon is big and round and bright, and it's easy to remember because that's when the egg, the big round egg, um, would be coming. So the moon part of the cycle, when you're at that ovulation, it's the uh, energetically the point in our cycle where we are being uh, told by Mother Nature's reproductive plan to go out and make babies. Now, obviously, that's not what most of us are going to be doing <laughs> most of the time when we ovulate. But energetically, it's the time of our cycle when we want to go out, we want to meet people, we want to, we want to, we're usually um, most interested in sex at that time. It's usually we lubricate best, we, it's easiest to have orgasms. Um, and even though for, for humans, our, our ovulation is supposedly hidden, unlike all the other animals, um, for us, uh, we, we still give out these subtle signals which which men pick up on mm -hmm. um it's really fascinating actually uh when they did they do studies of things like um uh, photographs of women's faces taken when they're ovulating and then the same woman a picture taken two weeks later um That's and then showing, right showing those pictures to men and men will deem the women who are ovulating more attractive Wow. <laughs> right. Um, we we want to touch more. We want to be touched more. We wear skimpier clothing. Right. I mean, there's just all these subtle things that are going on, which are still based on sort of Mother Nature's plan, which is to make babies. So, of course, we're humans. We've evolved far beyond that. Sex for us is about so much more. But those those energies are still there. So this is the time of the cycle when. Um, if you're going to throw a party, throw it when you're ovulating. You know, that's when you're going to want to have a house full of people. Oh, um, A's birthday is right? coming up. Let's time it. I, Let's it do is. the I'm birthday actually, I'm party. About it. I'm like, oh, wait, I think I will be close to ovulation. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So I'm going to pick the actual day of the party. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, and then, um, so the egg, the egg comes and then the egg goes. You know, the egg is only uh, fertile for about a day. And then the egg goes. And just like after the moon is full, now the moon starts diminishing. It starts getting smaller and smaller. And what happens with us energetically is over that next week after ovulation, our energy starts to drop. We have less energy. We want to be more internal. We want to be more quiet. Uh, and when we get to the week before bleeding, Usually that's the time when we're most sensitive, um, we're looking inside, we're questioning our relationships and our choices, uh, we want more private time, more quiet time, more alone time. And I actually say that that PMS, that sort of uh, bitchy phase that some women go through, it's really, we're just trying to get some alone time. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think just... if they're aware of that or honor that, then then there right. might be less bitchiness, right. <laughs> less <Exactly>. clawing. <laughs> exactly. 
And then, um, and then we start bleeding again. And bleeding, again, traditionally when we were tuned to the moon, that would start happening on the dark moon. When, when it's dark and everything's inside and internal, and then the bleeding comes. And then the bleeding is this shift, the energetic shift. Now the moon starts growing. Now we start getting a little sliver of moon and then more and more. And so the bleeding happens at that shift when we're, we're releasing everything. We're letting it go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then our, our energy will start to, to build again until we get to the next full moon and the next ovulation. Now, in traditional cultures, remember, women were all doing this in synchronicity with each other. Women would um, spend their bleeding time together. They would go to the moon hut or the red tent. or um, And this was the time when women were, were known to be most spiritually potent. I totally feel that. <laughs> yeah. And, and we would gather with the other women and for those of us who were moms, we were sort of off mom duty. The, the grandmothers, the postmenopausal women, they'd take care of the kids. And all, all the bleeding women could get together and we'd sing and dance and, and, and pray and massage each other and have this very special time where we could do ritual and, and ceremony you know, for the whole, not even just the whole tribe, but for the whole planet. This is when we would we would do visionary work and we'd, we'd go in and we'd have these visions and then um, and then come back out and be part of our community again. And um, and as you mentioned before, uh, when women would start to bleed, that first bleeding was a celebration. This was a, an amazing and awesome thing. This this girl now was was a woman and capable of producing life, which was sacred. Right. And again, we go back to to um, uh, the old days before agriculture, before we owned property, when we were just, you know, hunter gatherers and we, we lived in tribes. Uh, a, a baby was a wonderful thing. A baby was a, a new member of the tribe. It was a it was great to have babies. So so this when a young woman was entering into this time of her life when now she could potentially um, get pregnant and, and make new life was amazing and sacred. And the, the first period um, in traditional people also was just celebrated as this, uh, this wonderful, glorious, sacred thing, unlike what most of us get, which is either um, nothing um, or negativity. So it's just, it's just such a different perspective to sort of understand the energies of the cycle and then try and, and honor that and respect that in a way so that we can be moving in sync with our internal rhythms instead of trying to pretend they don't exist. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and, you know, it's, Sherry, like so many things are coming to mind. And one is that I've learned, I've, yeah, it's, it's understanding those rhythms within myself and, and taking the time, like forcing myself to take the time to honor them in the sense mm-hmm. that like I've actually had the inclination during those really sensitive points before or during bleeding where I'm like, you know, I do. I just, I honestly, I wish there was a red tent kind of situation because I just want to go off into a cave for three days. Like I just want to go away. I don't want to be tied to the obligations that are, that I'm tied to. And I just, I wish that culture and society could understand that (laughs) so that I could just have this time. So I create it for myself. I like schedule my life differently. 
you know yeah I'm I'm only now thinking I need to start doing that because it, the worst is when you have like a huge project and you go well if I'd paid attention to when I was getting my site you know my cycle my period I wouldn't have done it right I wouldn't have chosen those dates because <laughs> now you have Absolutely. like this stress put on you and I think you rather know, than going oh I'm screwed I have this problem it's like just adjust your calendar be aware of it and you know I Wait, just yeah go ahead I was just gonna say the the calendar used to be uh, the moon cycle was the calendar. Women's cycle was the calendar. And the big cultural shift that happened um, was when we shifted to the fixed solar calendar. So it's actually, um, we used to be able to live our lives with that rhythm. And and sometimes we can't, I mean, it may not be that we can't go to work that day. We still have to go to work, but we can still schedule our lives in such a way that Maybe we don't have a project due. We're not planning a big party or a big event. Um, and what I used to do is I had these garnets. I had this, this set of garnets, and I only wore them when I was bleeding, and they were my bleeding beads. Mm-hmm. And the first day of my cycle, um, by the time I started figuring this out, I had I had a husband and a kid, and and I would say that okay, in the first day of my cycle, I don't cook, I don't clean, mm-hmm. I don't take care of anybody else. This is my day to just take care of me. And you can see because my beads are on. And then I, I had was charting my cycles on a moon calendar that was up on the wall. So everyone would know. Hey, <laughs> wow. I'm today. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I love I love also the perspective. Like it's not a bad thing. It's like, hey, guys, this is just where I am. So let's honor it. Mm-hmm, From- exactly. And, and training them to do that. Because the, the way I was introduced to the period was, Oh, it's no big deal. And you can do anything that you normally do and that it's just, it's an inconvenience and shameful, right? We hide it. We don't want anyone to know, you know, goddess forbid somebody would know we're bleeding. Um, And so we we have this hiding and this shame and this idea that we're just the same all the time. We're just like guys. We're not different week to week in our cycle. But the truth is that we are. And when we start tuning into that, it is life changing. Wow. Yes. You know, and it's so funny because it's one thing I harp on a lot uh, with the show is that this I there's a new term I've come across. It's the D we needing to re-feminize the world, basically, and Mm -hmm. like approaching being strong as a woman from the very feminine perspective. And so I feel like this is just another example where expectations Mm -hmm. are put on women to be and behave and exist exactly like men. And it's just, you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that we go through things that they don't and life is different. Yeah. Although our culture says we should ignore it. We can't ignore it. We will ignore it. We will do whatever we can to ignore it instead of the opposite and saying, wow, you know, on the first day of your period, if you get cramps, you, you can stay home from school and curl up in bed with a, with a book and a heating pad and, and have a quiet day. Yeah. That's okay. Right. You don't have to you know, just, you know, take some pills and then just go about your day as if nothing was going on in your body. So what would you recommend along this line? Sorry, T. No, go ahead. Just, I was going to say, and that you're not failing anyone or you're not a failure mm-hmm. because you need to stay home. Right. Like this idea yeah, of yeah, condemning you for not being. Oh, yeah. you're, you're weak and. <laughs> you're weak. You're being a, you're being a, a girl, basically. <laughs> right, right, right. So <laughs> along these lines, Sherry, is there, are there other things you could recommend for, um, I'm thinking about the typical busy and conventional woman who's like, yeah, but I can't like, you know, I'm running a business. I can't just, you know, take time out. What are some small things or shifts that she can make in 
yeah i mean i'm super busy and i get super irritated when i have to slow down (laughs) but i'm learning to accommodate right well well you know i guess the first one is internal is is kind of going i don't have to go at the same pace all the time um i don't have to be so driven all the time sometimes it's good to be quiet it's good to write in my journal it's good to make art it's good to go out in the woods and sit by yourself under a tree and so, um, you know, things like what I was doing when I, I didn't make dinner, I didn't cook or clean. And I said, like, you guys can do it or you can get takeout. I don't care, but I'm not responsible. So, yes, maybe I still had to go to work. I was a midwife then. So obviously when, you know, I had office hours or babies were coming, you got to do what you got to do. But when I was home, I changed that dynamic and I trained my partner and my son that um how how to help support me in that um and like i said wearing those red beads for me because bleeding was such a shameful thing and we're always supposed to hide it the fact that when i was bleeding i i wore it on my body i i had these these beads that said look i'm bleeding and i had my moon calendar up on the wall where anybody could see where my when my bleeding days were so that was that was something um Another thing, though, you're, we're talking about the red tent. There's a whole red tent movement in this country. Wow. And in many, many communities, you can find other women. And while it's not going to necessarily be tuned to your personal cycle, where women are gathering together um, uh, on a certain day of the moon once a month and creating these beautiful red tent spaces all with pillows and cushions and getting together and and singing or chanting or talking and so connecting with a a community of women that are looking at how can we recreate this the sort of sacred woman only space where once a month we know we can retreat to that space and be with other loving supportive women um and you know look around it's all it's happening all over this country you might be able to find a red tent uh, that's meeting somewhere near where you live and go be part of that. And that, that will be awesome. I think for me, I've been discovering the, the wisdom that I find inside or, or whatever issues I'm grappling with. It's like, you need that time to sit at the tree because you're actually processing and realizing things about what direction you want to take next in your career or your life. Like, are you happy with where your relationships are? What do you need to work on? I mean, I feel like that all comes out. For sure. Exactly. That's, that's the time. That's the time when we're supposed to be able to do that. And so honor that. And if you can get out in nature, that is absolutely wonderful and amazing. If you could, um, if you can bleed on the ground. So for many, many Native American cultures, our blood was considered the most sacred and potent medicine. And when we were, when we could sit on the ground and just let our blood flow into the earth, it was a way of giving back to the earth because the earth gives us everything, right? This is this, we get everything from the earth, and this was a way that women could give energy and prayer and sacredness back to the earth. And you may not be able to do it very often, but even if you live in a city, you could you could you know have a long skirt on and go find a a park in a grassy meadow oh my god (laughs) i'm serious there's nothing to stop us from going out in the woods finding a patch of moss or grass and just sitting down and and feeling your blood flow out of your body we're not stopping it we're not blocking it feeling it flow out and into the earth and see what that feels like it's 
it will blow your mind. You don't have to do it all the time. Can I just I say? I like someone who do, but try it sometime and see see what it feels like. And it feels really precious. I, really when I got my period at Burning Man, I thought that was the perfect place to try that. But I didn't know how. Like I basically was, I used tampons and I, yeah. and I was, and I was like, where would I do that? That's private. I don't even, I was like, what am I squatting? Is it going to even come out when I wanted to? I just, I literally felt overwhelmed and then I didn't do it. Yeah, and I just I but I guess I guess what you're saying, Sherry, I mean it makes sense. Maybe just remove the whatever you're using to absorb the blood and Yeah. Can I can I just heart go on I know we're gonna be taking a break soon, but um but let me just touch on a beef I have. I don't know why I have this beef, but I'm so anti tampon. And it's just this. Yeah, no, go ahead. I use them. So I'm curious, Sherry, what what your experience or perspective is on that. I feel like at least with a pad, it can flow. I feel like that the freedom to flow is somehow important to me. (laughs) But is there any sense to what I'm sensing or? Well, there's a whole bunch of things to say about this. First of all, um, even if you decide to sort of hold your blood inside, you have choices other than commercial tampons. So the standard commercial tampons are made with super absorbent fibers. And nobody actually knows what super absorbent fibers are because it's a a trade secret. Um, But I I just think they're nasty and toxic. And the the tampons themselves are bleached with chemicals that leave residues of uh, of potentially cancer-causing chemicals. So I am really, really not... Uh, a, uh, a supporter of commercial menstrual products. Nowadays, you can get natural tampons. You can get cotton, organic, unbleached tampons. So if you're choosing to use tampons, I would really strongly encourage you to go for the natural um, unbleached cotton. You can also use sea sponges. And a sea sponge is I just, I think they're so amazing and awesome. You, I just you, heard I, about this and I was thinking yeah, about switching over. Yeah, I actually have a video blog about this. I have a video blog or written blog. I have a little blog about this. So using natural menstrual products. So sea sponges are awesome. You 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 get one and um, you you wet it in the sink and then you wring it out. Just like, you know, if you want to wipe the counter, you, you don't use a dry sponge to do it. But you wet it in the sink, you wring it out, and you put it in your vagina. Um, and then when you go pee, you take it out and you rinse it out in the sink. And then you squeeze it out and you put it back in. And one sponge will last you three to six months. So price-wise, it's wow. totally Oh, my God. Wonderful. And it, right? to- and it and, doesn't leak? Well, if you rinse it out often enough, no. I mean, if you let it sit in there for eight hours or right. you're bleeding heavy, it's going to. But, you know, pretty much if you just rinse it every time you pee, it's not going to leak. Um, it depends on your flow and it depends on the sponge. You can actually get, if you have a really heavy flow, you can get, um, bigger ones and kind of cut them to the right size and shape. The thing that was cool for me when I started doing that is suddenly I was like touching my blood and then I'm rinsing it in the sink. And I was like, that is the most gorgeous color. And wow, the texture is kind of interesting. It's not really blood actually. It's actually the dissolved inner layer of your of the uterine lining. So it's not even actually blood, but, um, and I totally got into it. I thought it was so cool. Um, I also know people who, who use that water, the rinse water, um, and, and watered their plants with it. Like their house plants. That's a big trend. We just read. Yeah. I just read about that as well. Uh, like in vice magazine. I'm just saying, I mean, I've heard about it for a long time, but yeah, for the first time we saw it in vice and Jezebel and it's like, 
Wow, that's pretty that's cool. What well, right? has all these macronutrients? That's what I read. I mean, phosphorus right? and, and I don't remember the other ones, but good stuff. <laughs> Potassium. Even if, even if you don't go out in the woods and sit on the ground, you're still giving it back to the plants, which is kind of cool and sacred. Um, you can also use cotton pads. You can use cloth cotton pads. And there's all kinds of different simple ones and more complicated ones with little Velcro and snaps and things like that. Um, but you can use those and the same thing. You just you rinse them out and then you throw them in the washing machine and then you use them again. So there's alternatives to the supposedly disposable menstrual products. I mean, disposable in our culture means it goes into a landfill, right? <laughs> it's not really, it doesn't go away. So I think from a, an ecological point of view, it's, it's a very potent thing to kind of go, I'm not going to use these single-use products that are going to go sit in a landfill. I'm going to use natural sea sponges or cotton pads and use them and reuse them and be in relationship with the blood instead of like, oh, it's so gross. I'm just going to cover it up and hide it, and then it'll go to a landfill and it'll sit there for the next couple hundred years. Um, I'm I'm going to push myself to try this because I'm honestly, I struggle with that. I'm totally like, A, you're more open to right. being in touch with your body. I'm going to bleed and, in, into my plants. <laughs> right. But I like, I actually am like, okay, I'm going to confront the blood. <laughs> and I know oh, that because so I'm great, so, though. yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I'm like mortified. So I know I have to do it. Like I'm going to go online and yeah. buy the sea sponge. <laughs> Well, even symbolically, I think it even symbolically represents how we are embracing this part of ourselves, right? It's either like some secret that we're throwing in a, in a landfill or we're coming face to face with it and yeah, acknowledging it as part of our... Can I, I wanted to talk about like the way, like, the, oh, break. oh yeah, we, we do have break? to take a break. We're going to take a mini break. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have, we're going to talk about. And then I want to come back and talk about like how the role, like how the boys and men in our lives exactly. can be supportive. And then also I have some questions about um, horniness. Oh yeah. Horniness. Period. So we're going to okay. take a break. We're talking with Sherry Winston. You can find her work at intimateartcenter.com. And uh, you can find that video blog on there, I'm hoping, about sea sponges. Uh, and you can tweet us at TA Sex Talk to join in the conversation. Right. Welcome back. We are pushing boundaries to the TNA. We're talking with Sherry Winston about menstruation. Menstruation. Yay. Very important. It's been a fascinating conversation. Governs a fourth of a woman's life. Yes. By the way. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you can find Sherry's work at intimateartcenter.com and you can tweet us at TA Sex Talk to join the conversation. So T. Yeah. You wanted to talk about the boys. Yeah. Okay. I bring this up because I feel like, okay, so back to my Burning Man like mention, but I remember I had one moment and a friend of mine, an older gentleman said, oh, how are you doing? And I said, I actually like not feeling well. I have my period and I'm just, you know, blah. and he was like, ooh, can't say I can help, you know, or some made some sort of kind of blithe like, whoa, like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, and not I, my territory. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I said, well, that wasn't helpful. I said, you could just say something nice and rub my back. And then he went. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. And he and then he actually rubbed my back and was like, can I do anything for you? How are you feeling? And I and I actually was like, thank you. I was like, thanks. And I had like a little hug moment. But I found that the men in my, my boyfriend, you know, that I was with for years would rub my back. It's like they can really 
um, make you feel so good if they do step in. And I guess I just Rather was interested in your, it? yeah. And I guess I was interested in, you know, your perspective, Sherry, on, you know, how they can support or, or do they have the a part in this? A man's what, role. Yeah. What role. can they learn from it or. Well, well, it's, by the way, it's just, it's such a great classic story, right? I go, you go to Burning Man, you get your period. I know. <laughs> it's right? a nightmare. And I love to party. Okay. Like I'm, I love my dancing all night. And I, and I, and I did kind of what you're saying, Sherry, thank you for explaining that story because I became kind of reclusive and I really went out into the desert, like on my own a lot on my bike. And it's totally that. And then yeah. like a few days later, yeah. I got it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and the other part that was great about that story was you actually educated that man, you know, and that is really part of what we need to do because they've grown up in a culture where, where our bleeding is, is like shame and secret and it's a woman thing and, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And, and some of them are grossed out by it because what, well, our culture has told us it's gross. I'm right? grossed out by it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? I'm not, but like, I'm trying to learn not to be. <laughs> exactly. So, so part of our job is to help the men we care about um, learn how to um, hold our bleeding in a different way. Um, that it's not gross, that it's sacred and powerful and and beautiful, and um, and that they can be supportive. So you did a wonderful uh, thing for that man because maybe no one had ever said that to him before. You know, when he was like, "Oh, just okay, nothing I can do here, right? Not my job." Um, you were like, "Well, actually, there is something you can do," and you taught him that. Yeah. And so we need to we need to do that. We need to help uh, our men. Um, recognize how they can be in service to us when we're especially at this time of our cycle. And and I know for, for me, there's a lot of, uh, oh, I don't know, pride in almost like a macho pride <laughs> that I had to get. I can do anything a man can do. I don't, I don't have this special time. I don't need coddling. Right. Um, right? And, and shifting to, wait a minute. Sometimes I need to be in the receiver mode. And in fact, I might do better if I allowed myself to be um, receptive and, and and encourage and allow other people to take care of me. And so there's a whole dynamic there that, that we have to look at and, you know, our cultural ideas about um, what it means to be a woman and, and, and needy and all these other uh, negative things instead of looking at it as, I'm I'm allowing and providing an opportunity for people who love me to support me. Yeah, I was going to say I feel like my boyfriends who I've let help me or I show them how they can help me. It's like they, it's fulfilling for them because they see that my gratitude. Yeah, and 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 just think how good if you know if you have a girlfriend um, who is is having a bad day or something or somebody's sick and you bring them soup or somebody's back hurts you but we love to give right it feels great to give to somebody else yeah. so we're actually providing that opportunity um and and teaching them training them how to be good partners nobody's nobody's born knowing how to be an awesome partner i mean the same goes for sexual pleasure nobody's born knowing how to give someone else sexual pleasure so we need to to teach that's part of what we need to do so I think um, helping our, our partners realize, hey, this is the day I would like you to make f dinner for me, or this is the day I'd like you to do more childcare, 
or um, this is the day I need more loan space. Um, and you can help facilitate that. You can, you can say, hey, sweetie, why don't you go for a walk in the woods? I'll hold down the fort here with whatever's going on at home. Yeah. So I think that's how our, and, and helping them recognize the cyclic nature of, of women, that we, we really are different at different times and to, to help us, us honor and respect that. Um, so they can support us in that if we tell them, if we train them and we tell them and we explain and, and, um, and then we, um, are properly appreciative. (laughs) Yeah. Sherry, I just wanted to touch on, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm totally, I totally agree with everything that's being said, but I, you know, the, the people, people are coming like what, what to do if you are either a woman who gets like crazy on your period and you acknowledge that you get crazy, at least you're aware of it, but you don't know what to do. How do we handle that as a woman? And also in the same line of that, like if you're a guy and your partner goes crazy and there's just no talking to them, you know, I mean, I've heard these stories and I've, I've been there sort of. So, I mean, I feel like those are a little bit like, should the guys just leave? <laughs> or, <laughs> like, I, you know, I feel like I've so learned how- a lot from guys. Like I've actually, the older men I'm in relationship with have taught me to like to honor my period? cycle. Yeah. Like I would be like rebellious and they're like, you need to slow down. You're bleeding. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, you're lucky. You're fortunate. Oh, oh. <laughs> so Sherry, what, could yeah. you comment on that for the men and the women? Well, I mean, the first thing is, um, if you're having really extreme uh, mood swings, if you're having uh, extremely difficult cycles, then I do think it's helpful to work perhaps with some integrative healthcare providers. Maybe there are things you can do with your nutrition and supplements and herbs. And, you know, there's a lot of natural healing that might help mitigate some of that. So some of that extremity might be things that you can deal with in a very, you know, sort of physical way. Um, I think think there might be, right, Um, some emotional, psychological stuff. Um, You know, I don't know, maybe there's some trauma in your life that you haven't dealt with. Maybe you need to be working with a a counselor or a therapist. Um, Perhaps you have some um, physical, emotional, mental issues, and you need to kind of tease out what part of this is, is mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and how can I address those different components? Can I just, so I do, yeah. Yeah, I do think that you want to, you want to kind of look big picture and kind of go, is this, is this really unusual and extreme? Right. Or am I going through the natural cycles and I just need to support that and be aware of that and uh, live my life a little bit more um in attunement with that so does that make sense it does and I just wanted to share like you know touching back on what I mentioned earlier in the introduction that um I know for me like it did get really intense during a a period of my life where I don't know I was going whatever just going through uncertainty and big transition and whatnot but Mm -hmm. I'm very good at um sort of therapizing myself I suppose but I my experience has been that even now I can feel my period coming on and I feel like I can sense like how kind of crazy the emotions could possibly get. But I feel like for me, the link that I've noticed is, is it's rooted in like how much unearthing in my life needs to happen or is going Mm -hmm. on or, um, and so it's it's I don't know it's just becoming aware of that has allowed me to see it as not like not to fear it 
Whereas mm-hmm. before I was fearing like, oh my God, I'm going crazy. This is crazy. This isn't normal. This isn't, you know, and then like, but no, instead just allowing the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings to go through, you know, and then I found that, oh, okay, this is normal and I've got a handle on it and it doesn't, so it's kind of just going through it and with it. Yeah. And not resisting it. Right. And, and, you know, and doing things like journaling or making art or, you know, um, meditating, doing ceremony. I mean, finding what is it you really need to be doing. And, and sometimes you're right. It's pointing to some stuff in your life that's not working. Maybe you're not in a relationship that's really healthy or maybe you're not in a job that's really healthy for you. And maybe that that big turmoil that's coming up is because your your body, mind, spirit is going, hey, you know, we need to do something else. Exactly. This is not how to live your life. It's been so, so helpful. Think, yeah. yeah. Every time it's, I've had really bad periods, it was I would say I think once it was a vitamin D deficiency, but then other times it was definitely during painful times in my life that I wasn't taking care of myself or, or listening to my, myself. Yeah. 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 Which I only understand in hindsight. (laughs) (laughs) And how about the guys? How would you recommend guys um, handle a partner who's maybe going through that? Well, you know, um, uh, trying to find that balance between giving support and giving space is, is certainly a part of it. You know, obviously, we never want to hear somebody go, oh, well, you're just on your period. That's why you're being that's such a bitch. the worst and I so common. <laughs> so that's, don't do that. Um, but to be able to say in a loving way, you know, sweetie, I, 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 you know, we're coming into that time of your cycle where I know you, you need to, you know, slow down or can I, can I make you a meal or go out and get takeout? Or can I just take care of the kids while you go for a walk in the woods? So I think you have to kind of gear to what's going on, but offer offer support. Um, can I rub your back? Those sorts of things. And I yeah. think when it's coming from that genuine, I want to help and support you, as opposed to a sort of shaming kind of, Ugh, you're just being a bitch, um, uh, is what we need at that point from, from our guys. Right. Okay, and a little bit of the fun stuff. <laughs> well, not fun. Yeah. Interesting. Some questions, okay? Because this evolutionarily, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, why but do we want to have sex? Sometimes, not always. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, get the fuck away from me. But sometimes there's, I like, I've experienced incredible arousal and horniness on my cycle. And eh, I'm a little you? bit, but yeah, horny. I mean, well, it's so I had this one sex partner who was like, oh, this is the best time to have sex. Like, you're super on fire then. And I was like, really? And I was even like resisting and, and then just trying. Yeah, no. And then he just sort of like grabbed me and be like, OK, here goes. And I was like, oh, yeah. And yeah, it was great. I don't know. And also, if I'm thinking about it, like his like not like in our ancient human root times, like, OK, if we're tied to the lunar cycle, we go as women as a group to the rent hen and have this experience ourselves. Men are not in that picture. So yeah. why would our bodies maybe get hot? Rent? I don't know. Maybe because we oh. live in artificial light. Well, there's a couple of things to consider. So first of all, um, human female sexuality has gone through an evolutionary process that that is almost unique. Uh, We're one of the only animals, uh, the only females who have sex when we're not ovulating, right? Your cat, you have a cat, she goes into heat, now she wants to have sex. The rest of the time she's not in heat, not interested at all. Male cats are only interested in having sex with her when she's ovulating. 
human females, we somehow evolved to be able to have sex whenever we want, whether we're fertile or not. Um, we can keep having sex after menopause, right? So we have this really unusual sexual um, ability. Now, tied into that is the fact that underneath, there's still this kind of animal template. That's why we're still probably going to be most horny when we're ovulating, mm -hmm. right? That's still there, the, the, that animal like, oh, I'm fertile, must make babies kind of programming. But clearly, we evolved this because it was incredibly useful as humans. So we evolved sex to be something we can do anytime, all the time. So that being said, um, the, the sexual libido that happens during our period, I think is tied to a number of different factors. So the one, when we're ovulating, that's just, that's like an animal thing. But when we're bleeding, also, by the way, we're pretty much the only animal that menstruates, huh. right? Huh. Right. Right. So, right. And that's one of the big evolutionary mysteries. How did we, why did we evolve menstruation? Right? Other animals don't do that. Not um, that I like what, to compare us to dogs, but I think my friend's female dog bleeds, doesn't she? Yeah, but that's when they're in heat, though. Oh. Yeah, and only a tiny bit. Okay. Right? I don't know. Yeah, no I don't other know. animal. Yeah, no other animal wow. does. Yes. Right. Why do we do that? That's one of the big evolutionary mysteries that there's theories but no answers to. But anyway, but one of the things that's going on during our bleeding time is we've got lots more blood flow to the pelvis. And one of the components of arousal is engorgement of our erectile tissue. And um, so extra blood flow to the pelvis means um, it, we, it's the same also similar when women are pregnant, right? Most women, when they're pregnant, sex is awesome while we're pregnant. I've heard that. We've got all this, right, extra blood flow to our, to our pelvis. And so that's a part of it is the extra blood flow. And then I think that that, that the internality, the, the way we kind of turn in and are in this very acutely sensitive place can also make sex kind of more awesome. And it's often, we might even have a different kind of sex then. Right. We might want sex that's, that's more slow or more um, um, sensual. So that's what I think. That's why I think that the, now, if on the other hand, you're really kind of grossed out by your own period or your partner's grossed out by it, um, it might be a time in your cycle where you want to have less sex. Um, oh, and the other thing I just want to make sure to get in here, the best cure for menstrual cramps is orgasm. Oh, we were just talking about this. Yeah. Too. I was, okay. I was my last cycle. I did a little masturbating. And it helped. Okay. Well, interesting because I've, sometimes I've, I've had, I don't know. I mean, if I'm really cramping, I'm like, God, I, I, I feel like sex would just be painful. Well, let's or, differentiate or... sex from intercourse. True. Okay. So intercourse is not required for orgasms. In fact, it's often not the best way for women to have orgasms. That's true. However, um, orgasms are a great cure for menstrual cramps. That does not need to involve a partner, or if it does involve a partner, um, it does not need to involve penetration. Yeah, I mean, I I masturbated and I used a vibrator Just on my clit. Literal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah, great. Yeah, that's a great way to have orgasms. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but on the other hand, I mean, for, for me, I, I, I having intercourse while I was on my period was also great. I mean, it was just because I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't grossed out by the blood. My partner wasn't grossed out by the blood. And so that also worked fine. So it's really a very individual thing. But if you are, if you're grossed out by it internally, first you got to kind of get over that. Or you're going to get to the place where sex would be um, with yourself or a partner would be fun. I have like a big maroon towel I put down. I know. I have my period sex <laughs> towel. Totally. But during I have like a, a day where I just cramp super bad and I'm like, don't touch me then. Yeah. But apart from no. that. Yeah, um, but yeah. maybe maybe we experiment. You need to next month I will. do some federal orgasms. Time. Yeah. Orgasms by yourself with your yeah. hands, your vibrator or the. In the, in the bathtub with the handheld shower massager. Yeah, that could be really great. <laughs> right. Can I ask also, Sherry, I mean, if it's... You know Can I, I want to go back. I realize I want to say one other thing. We yes. were talking about ads and tampons. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add um, one other thing, which is particularly if you're feeling crampy, that's not a good time to use a tampon or a sponge. When you're feeling crampy, um, anything that helps the blood flow is going to help you feel better. And anything that kind of holds it in um, which can kind of cause it to back up a little bit is going to make you crampier. I've noticed that. Yeah. Wow. I okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm a total tampon user, and that, that makes why sense. I'm like, ah, it makes me hurt. It hurts me more. Well, I was going to say, could would you say, Sherry, that if you know your period's coming on, should you maybe preempt it with a little masturbating orgasm? <laughs> you know, kind well, of. Before, it's never going to hurt <laughs> before the cramping gets really bad. Like, quick, get the vibrator. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I think. Honestly, I mean, orgasms are good for us in every single possible way, right? There's no downside to orgasms. So, you know, it's antidepressant. It um, it helps not only just helps stabilize your mood, but really elevates it and lifts it. It's good for your blood pressure. It's good for your cardiovascular system. It cures headaches. It cures menstrual cramps. It's it's aerobic. It's you know, it's just it's it's got the same qualities that meditation has. I mean, there's just no downside to orgasms. Hmm. That is very good news. <laughs> yeah. I I have one question. I read somewhere and I know you're you follow more of a holistic process, but I I did read like oh if you do have bad cramps and you know you're getting your period taking a painkiller actually kind of in advance, the same way that we're saying oh maybe doing an orgasm in advance. Uh yeah actually uh, reduces the the level of cramping. Um, I don't know. Do you have... You know, that's true for pain management for anything. Um, so just, um, you know, if you're feeling like you're getting a headache, um, if you're feeling like menstrual cramps are coming on, anything that anything you do for pain management, whether it's pharmaceutical or herbal or, you know, a supplement or natural or even just like a heating pad or something, any the earlier you do it, usually the better it is in terms of relief for okay. pain. Yeah, that's so. helpful. I mean, I used to wait. Like I'd be like, oh, I'll get through it. And then, and then when it's really bad, I'll do something or mm-hmm. yeah, so it's helpful to hear right. that. And you're like, oh, right. <laughs> Mitigate yeah. in advance. Well, ladies, I'm glad we're having this conversation because for me, I'm terrified of this trend of like the drugs that are out there that keep women from having their period and the, and just even the desire for women to even take those drugs terrifies me because I feel like I like I've experienced so much power from my period. I've we're learning, learning more about it and how to dive into it that it I feel like it's such a wealth of an experience that we're cutting ourselves off from. So hopefully this conversation has helped illuminate some of the benefits of our cycle yeah versus silencing yeah. it yeah sherry any yeah. last words 
Well, I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I really think it's symptomatic of our cultural um, disgust with female bodies and what we can do. And this, you know, attitude of, well, we'll just make them more like male bodies. Mm-hmm. We'll just make them not have periods. And I think, yeah, women are really missing out. I mean, this goes for, this goes into birth as well. I just have to say, yeah. you know, we're just, and breastfeeding and all these things that, that this sort of attitude of, you know, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm just, I'll, I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll get drugs. I'll get numbed out. I'll just sleep through it. <laughs> watching on this. Um, this kind of not participating in the the feminine cycles of the body and what it does, we are losing so much. There's so much richness and potential and um, knowledge uh, and awareness. Yeah, yeah, it's a path, and and to to not go down that path is you're you're losing things you can only get by going in through these experiences. So right. Well, yeah. thank you, thank you, Sherry. I learned so much. <laughs> such a pleasure uh, good yes and guys um hey this is for you too <laughs> so take this information home yeah improve your relationships <laughs> and uh yeah so you can find sherry's work at the intimate sorry intimateartcenter.com and sherry you do like workshops and classes and you tour right you are i see you try well it seems like- i i i have been for the last 15 years but right now my focus is online education okay I'm doing online classes. I just did, I'm doing one right now about female orgasm. I'm doing one next month about libido issues. And so I'm, um, I'm, I'm touring less, but my books are available. My blogs and videos and all kinds of other things are available all the time. And, and I, I still will, will be getting around a little bit in person. Okay. So intimateartcenter.com is where you can find all that wonderful, great stuff. And please uh, tweet us at TA Sex Talk to join the conversation uh, and reach out to us in any way. Yeah, and we can answer questions there. And uh, yeah. And then on Instagram, tag us in some of your your photos if you'd like us to be a part of your conversation there. We're at TA Sex Talk Podcast. And please visit our website, pbwithta.com, to get more content from our blog and explore and. If you like what you're hearing, please, uh, we'd love if you could subscribe and write a review on iTunes because that's really the best way you can help us. You're listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. <laughs>